0: race fans specifically late model fans uh ryan and puka here with the one to go show we're doing a little something different now uh we've been doing this power rankings deal uh the better part of the season and now what we're going to do is we're going to actually air our first show here on the power rankings and what we're going to do is in the power rankings region so to speak which is really I mean, if you look at the map, it's kind of the Wissota region for the most part. There's, you know, Cedar Lakes in there, and there's a few other things. Um, The Dirt Kings are in there as well, eastern Wisconsin. But it's Wisconsin, Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota. Primarily, that's the region. Um, Canadian fans, you're in here too. Yes, I mean, we got to give Shane Edgerton some love. we got to give Turbo some love. So they're in this group as well. But what we've talked about, is there six distinct regions or sections within our region. And what we're gonna do here over the next six weeks is we're gonna break down kind of the top drivers, the top seasons in each of those six sections. And then we got a special treat for you guys. We are actually gonna compile all this information we're going to discuss it here. This is all opinion-based, you know, so you can hate on us or whatever. And if you disagree, just, just blow up Puka's Facebook page. Um, I'll blame him on this one here. But we're going to rank the top 25 in the region, and we're going to have three shows to do that. So we're really looking forward to that. And Puka, I think what we should start with is right right at home, right? Or You know, we got the eye test here. We'll start right at home. And I think we start with, The Iron Range, um, the Twin Forts, which, you know, for those of you watching, that's northern Minnesota. That's up in the Arrowhead, northwestern Wisconsin. Um, We're talking Proctor, Superior, Hibbing, Grand Rapids, Ashland, that area of cars. And really this year, about seven cars kind of stuck out to us. You know, and we're going to talk about their seasons here a little bit on this show. And, and uh, poka, what do you think? We start with uh, the 2019 Wissota Late Model National Rookie of the Year. He did win the track championship over at the Gondeklaw Speedway, but he kind of had a little bit of a sophomore slump, the 17 of Devin Van House. On the eye test, you know, and uh, just off some information, what do you got on Devin?
1: Well, first off, I want to say hi, and I want to say we are all admiring that picture behind you right now we are all admiring that so that is very nice um what year was that one? Oh boy is that your last year in a super
0: oh six it says oh yeah. six right right here yeah. so and that's no, your last that was, year right nope oh seven was, was my last year okay. yep okay Yep, that's so, a super stock sorry fans that's not a late model that's a super so, stock you know but but uh yeah, well, yeah I, no, At least adm- I have some wall decor behind me, right? I got something behind me instead of just a blank wall. Here. I
1: like it; it's nice. We're all admiring that. And like I said, good to see you again. Nice to be back on the camera with you. And um, what was I going to say beyond that? I don't know. We were talking about number seventeen. Anyway, well, I digress. 17, we'll get into
0: 50. It. He had a couple different things. Going well, that—that's
1: that, that, exactly it. Yeah, with the seventeen this year, he had two cars and he didn't know which one, you know, he come in with the 17 he we come with the 50 with the racing stripes. I even had to look up from the movie earlier this year when I saw him with the 50 cars, said, is this a play on that uh, fast and furious? No, not fast and furious. What was the Ford versus Ferrari for, you know, I'm like there's something about this. I looked up and it wasn't even a replica of the Ford versus Ferrari. His
0: dad was number 50.
1: Ah, is that what it was? Okay. Yep. Okay. So I, you know, I, I took a look at it, but no, I agree. I think he had, you know just a little bit of a sophomore slump. Uh, what do you have one win on the year? And yeah, so and I mean, the I guess one of the problems with the Iron Range sample this year, a little bit is the Iron Range twin poor sample is was the no proctor thing because there are certain drivers on the range let's face it, they're scared to race Superior. When you were racing late models, you know, Ryan, there were just guys who go, oh, it's too big, too long, tacky, all that. They're just scared of Superior. But people weren't scared of Proctor. They, you know, Superior pay whatever, 1000 to win, Proctor pay 500 to win, all the cars would go to Proctor, you know, because they're scared. So the sample was a little bit different this year as far as as much head-to-head. But, no, I agree with you. He, you know, he had a win, and he had an okay year, but I think it was a, a little bit of a sophomore slump. It was.
0: And you know, Grand Rapids also they only raced two regular shows for late models and they had of course the Wasota Classic. So that was there was that. But he did win talking about the Gondacla Speedway, you know, two years in a row now. He's a track champion down there. So he had that. So he's consistent. He ran well down there. Only nineteen shows. There was several Saturdays this year he took off. I think his kid was down go-kart racing at the at the sandbox down there. And uh, seven top fives in that. And uh, he did get a fourth in one of the shows at the Twin 25s. Um, The second show didn't go very good, but he at least had a top five in the Twin 25s. Really struggled over the Labor Day weekend swing this year, which is kind of like the the big sample size. You know, this year you had Ashland, you had Grand Rapids two days at Hibbing. He really struggled there. But uh, a one-track championship on the year, one feature win, and uh, overall a decent year, but definitely going to be looking for him to do better next year.
1: Yeah, I, I think I agree on that. Oh, and I know what I was going to say earlier. You said, you said, you know, opinion-based. So, yeah, share your comments with us. If you have a comment, like, you know, good, good, bad, ugly, feel free, you know, feel free to comment here. But, yeah, like I said, I, I think, you know, I think he's got to decide which car. And that was scary, too, you know, when we started talking about him going to Cedar Lake. I mean, we don't want to lose any more late model. I mean, no, but no, none of these six sections can afford to lose any late model drivers. And, you know, like you were saying, it's like, you know obviously he started going to you know he wasn't inhibiting and where is he going and and we found out it was kind of go-kart related which you know made us feel a little bit better but you know i don't want to be losing more late model drivers <laughs> you know in an area to to a different area so uh glad to hear it was you know just uh go-kart related and not something that was going on with Hibbing Raceway specifically or something like that
0: and i think with national points he's the guy that chased that rookie of the year deal i think that you're going to see him run significantly more next year once all this covid stuff is done and behind us you know that's going to change some stuff as well but let's move on let's go to you know we got another guy here and and honestly I, I like the guy. I mean, he's good for the sport. He's like volatile. I wouldn't even have had him on the radar until like towards the end of the year when all of a sudden it's like, Oh, wait a second. This guy is a race car driver again. Holy cow. And I'm talking about uh, the Italian stallion himself, the 28 Jeff Provenzano, and, uh, he did get a win right at the end of the year. First one in a couple of years. And yeah. I mean, we're used to seeing Jeff Provenzino win multiple races a year. And late in the season, he finally got a win. Then he had a little bit of a car change there. You know, and Jeff, I'm sorry, I got to mention it. You know, it's a late model show. I love you, man. But he switched over to the Longhorn deal. Now he did win though, in the 28 special. That's where he won. So yeah. he made some changes. And And let's be honest, every single late model chassis builder out there, has gotten information from somebody else. Why wouldn't you? That's just what you do, right? Sure. So he went and they got they got the long horn and they're like, oh, I can see where we're off the page here a little bit. Let's make our stuff better. And if you noticed, he gave that card to Cole. And guess what? Cole got instantly faster when he jumped into Jeff's 28 special that was updated. So I'm looking for him to be pretty good at the end of next year. 21 events, only four. Only four, count them, four top fives on the year. So, you know, that feature win was kind of a shining moment. Now, I'll touch on a couple things here, and then I'll let you chime in on your thoughts. He did rattle off several top tens in pretty darn respectable finishes come invite time. Yes. So he got into there. He was actually up in the top five at the prelude to the clay in Ashton. He looked pretty darn racy. I'm like, wow, look, at he's looking pretty good. And then he faded a little bit, and I believe he fell back to eighth in that deal. Then he went to the Wasota Classic, and he broke a dry staff, both bicycle it, I think a J-bar broke, and uh, he both bicycled it in turn one and two, got the hard charger, and he came back up to seventh in that. He got 11th and 10th at the Labor Day shootout. Now, keep in mind, on Labor Day, he had a, the heat race, yeah. he was gone, straight away uh, lead. I mean, yeah. it was over, so he had to come from the back, and that one got the hard charger there, got seventh over at the King of Dirt at I-94. So so he started getting pretty darn racy. There was a B main, and yeah, I get it, it's a B main, but there were some good cars in that B at the sights, and he killed them. Yeah. You know, the one thing I noticed with Jeff, and I talked about him, he's got this little, this little mid-corner push all the time. He, he comes in the corner, it's like tight in the middle, and then go. And, and that one race I watched at the sites where, where he just drove away from him in the B, he didn't have that mid-corner push, the car rotated. So if he can get rid of that, that thing's going gonna to be pretty fast next year. I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do, maybe bounce back in 2021. You know, you got a chance, Puka, to see him race in person multiple times. What did, what did you see from Provenzino this year?
1: Well, you know, like you started this segment with, I think he's he's almost at a crossroads in his career a little bit, not just Cole coming up. But, yeah, he's he's kind of at that point now, is he going to be a race car driver or is he going to be a chassis guy? You know, we've seen, you know, at the national level where Daryl Lanigan, not doing race cars anymore. We've seen Billy Moyer, not doing race cars anymore. Scott Blumkus, he's kind of at the same crossroads. You know, he, he didn't exactly have a great year. He's not exactly selling a lot of cars you know, I think it's really tough. You know, I admire guys for trying to do it. I just think we've seen that it's really tough. So he's kind of at that crossroads, you know, is he going to concentrate on building cars or is he going to concentrate on being a race car driver? Well, like you said, yeah, he did have a strong finish to the year. Yeah. Almost went topsy turvy. Many of you probably have seen that picture of the green car. I mean, up in the air almost, I mean, I mean, he had to be about the closest I've ever seen to a car on his side, but actually not rolling over actually somehow landing on all fours again, like I said, Labor Day is way out in the heat race. What he did? A bolt come out in the drive shaft or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he had the yoke on the rear end where the drive yoke.
0: shaft hooks to. The bolt came out and the yoke came off, lost the drive shaft. Yeah, so. that's
1: yeah. So that uh, the king of dirt. You know, there was a late caution. I think he was in the top five for basically that whole race. Caution comes out late. He fades to what seventh. So, you uh, like I said, I you know. It, it's just, like I said, he's at a little bit of a crossroads in his career. You know, he's got to kind of decide which direction he's going to go. If he decides to race, you know, he's, he's got more wins in him, uh, like I said. But it's just, you know, he's, he's got to figure it out. What you know, Like I said, where he's going to put his energy. There's so much, so much time and energy a guy has. And, you know, he's just got to decide which direction he's going to go. You know, Puka,
0: watching him, and I'm going to end with this on, on Provenzino, watching him, I want you to watch, go back on Dirt Race Central, and if you don't have it, it's watch drc.tv and watch the 28th. He's got that mid corner push all the time, right? It's just always. Then I want you to go watch Ricky Weiss and Scott Bloomquist. Same thing. So I watched Ricky this weekend out of that Southern all-star stuff, mid corner push. And that was the difference between him and McDowell, right? Is that mid corner, just a little bit of a in transition. And that's what that's what he's kind of you know he works a lot with scott i know that provenzino's down at bloomquist shop right now he works a lot with him if they can get that mid corner push figured out he's gonna automatically be a top three car so it's it's kind of a weird deal that you see that similarity there between him and the bloomquist deal but uh, let's work, yeah let's move on and uh you know I, I know you got some notes there in front of you another one of the I, I always call him a young gun, but he's not really one of the young guns anymore. The 23 Kyle Peterland, uh, what do you got on Kyle?
1: Well, I, another guy, I think a little bit out of the cry. I two guys are kind of crossroads in their career. And, and, you know, Kyle, the great racer, uh, he, he should have repeated the Labor Day shootout in, or won both, you know, he, he did repeat, right. I think he won in 18, at least he won in 19, but he could have swept the 19 got the little deal with the 35 car uh, comes in this year. You know, it, you know he's fast. There's no question about it. He knows how to drive. He's fast and all that, but was his heart really into it this year? It seemed like, you know, it, it just, you know, at the end of the year there, he kind of faded as far as he wasn't showing up for shows. Uh, so, you know, again, he's, he's another guy. If his heart is into it, he's going to win a lot of races. He'll do much better in, you know, 2021 versus 2020, but what do you have? Two wins this year. So not bad up north here, uh, but again, if his heart was into it and he raced a little bit more, maybe he would have had four wins.
0: Yeah, you know, and that's Kyle. That's Kyle in a nutshell. His, you know, I'm not saying he's never had heart in racing, but he's just, he's not been that all in passionate. Like he's just, there's just that little piece of him missing. When he's all in, he's all in, but he's just kind of, he's not always there, which is probably better, right? Because <laughs> then he can have a family and job and all that, right? So that that's probably smart on his part, but he's just not that, he doesn't have that hunger he's never had it and and uh fourth in points at the Gondic law speedway third in points in hibbing so consistently there he runs up front i mean driver for driver i would argue that he may be the best if not in the top two for sure drivers in the late model class in our area he's a very talented race car driver but You know, it's just – I I think their budget's a little bit down from where they want it to be. And, you know, so there's a little bit of that. But he's a hell of a race car driver. Seven top fives on the year. You mentioned two feature wins. And and really, I mean, looking back over Labor Day weekend, he was – the car to beat at the Wasoda Classic. I mean, he got a run on the outside, and I think there was a little altercation. I think Jay pushed or something. Or somehow something happened where he got up over the cushion and rolled his nose underneath. that
1: front end. Yes. Yes. He was coming on the top. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so he was
0: really good there. He got 10th over at the Prelude to the Clay in Aslan. I think he struggled early and kind of just he was there, laughing forward, driving that car. And then on Labor Day, after winning it two years in a row, he got 7th on day one. And then he ended up getting an erect there on day two. I think it was day two. And he DNF'd. So kind of struggled a little bit there over Labor Day weekend. But I tell you, he's super fast and uh, just not quite the results I know that he'd be looking for, but seven top fives and and again, two feature wins. So <clears throat> let's roll on. Now we'll talk about some guys. We talked about these guys had some wins. This guy does not have any wins, which is crazy to me. Fastest car in the region by far. Not even close without a feature win. The Hermantown Hammer 44, Daryl Nelson. Puka, I'll let you start here. You know, I got a lot of notes here on Daryl. I mean, looking at it, you're like, man, the guy didn't have a win. But he had a hell of a season.
1: You know, what what do you got on Daryl? yeah, no win, but 17 top fives, you know, and and we saw, you know, it was one of the last one-to-go shows I did where he got up to third. I mean, he's he's down at Cedar Lake losing to Jesse Glens. Well, everyone at Cedar Lake's losing to Jesse Glens, right? You know, so uh but yeah, but even not to get that win in superior at, you know, probably whatever he would consider his home track, either there or Proctor. And of course, Proctor not racing. So what would he have had? Maybe even in a shortened season, maybe he would have had another six, seven, eight shows if Proctor would have raced. You know he would have got a win. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, I again, Daryl Nelson. That doesn't worry me. He's been at it a long time. He knows what he's doing. You know, his whole crew knows what he what they're doing. Uh, he's got Mars behind him, so he'll, you know, he'll he'll rebound. He'll find victory lane. I think it's more of a timing thing. Now, with all this being said, don't be surprised if Daryl Nelson comes out hot next year and wins like three in a row. And you might say, oh gosh, he's so hot. Well, if you look backward, it's just kind of that lob just playing out. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, you, you kind of think a rebound is in play? <laughs> I I've been I was waiting for him to get a win so we could slide him
0: into the top 10 in the power rankings because we <laughs> kind of had a deal. You had to have at least one win to be in the top 10. And I kept looking at his results. I'm like, boy, overall, his you know if you look at all of his shows, he's, his season's been better than half the guys that were in the top 10. He just didn't have a win. But yeah. 17 top fives in 25 shows right so he's in the top five most of the time now here's a few of his shows um he got sixth over at the wisota classic that was just outside the top five then he got a third and a sixth at the labor day shootout he got third in one show of the twin 25 so he was right there he got 16th in the other one i'm not sure what happened there you were there what happened where, when he got 16th did he just did he have issues? Did he DNF? I think he Did might he... have.
1: Now that you're saying that, I think he might have been a pull-off that night.
0: Okay. For and that, like that, that would make sense. And then at Ogilvie, they had a special right before Labor Day, and that was an epic battle with him, Don Shaw, Jeffrey Massingill. He got second in that one, and that was a stacked field of cars. Third on, on day one at the Masters, and then he wrecked really bad and, and yeah. kind of missed the rest of it. He got fourth at the Russ Larson Classic at the Gondeklaus Speedway. He got third in the big show, the finale, of course, behind the GG Express, Glennon and Giasi, at the legendary 100. And then he got fifth at the Fall Frenzy. I mean, you look at that and you're like, well, that's a good year. That's a hell of a year, but zero wins. So, zero wins. you know, it's like, where do we put him in the power rankings? What do we do? Is he in the top 25? Where do we slot him in? I'd say he's got to be in the top 25, not going to be in the top five, of course, with no wins, but he had a hell of a year there for Daryl Nelson.
1: Yeah. Like I said, 17 top buys, 25 shows, pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now let's move on. we got another guy here and, and I didn't know where to put
0: this guy in a region. Okay. Cause he's not from, the twin ports. He's not from the iron range, but his car stays in Duluth and that's where he races. So I'm going to, I'm going to call him a Northern guy, even though you can almost put him in that other region, but I'm talking about the 31 Travis Budislavich, you know, what, what's your thoughts overall on booty?
1: Well, I was surprised that, you know, as, as you compiled some of these figures, you know, he had the most wins up here in the area with three feature wins, you know, so I was a bit surprised, you know, if I just, you know, I had to go off the top of my head. I, I might've said Massagill or Vessel or, or even Kittner without just thinking, like I said, if you, if you just, if you, if I had two seconds to answer, gun to my head, that's what I probably, what I said. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a guy that he, you know, he got the wins, but yeah, he, he just never seemed like he was towards the front. He, I don't think he had a, He didn't have a year that I expected. You know, he's been getting better and better. I wouldn't say, that he took a step forward this year, I'd say he he stayed, or maybe took a slight step back. It wasn't. It just. It wasn't. It was not a great year. Obviously, I don't. I don't even know if they'd call it a good year. I might. I, if they had to grade themselves, I'd probably say they probably give themselves an okay grade. That, that, yeah, that's kind of the see – A C
0: maybe a C yeah a solid C yeah yeah I mean he did get second in points over at the Gondaclaw Speedway so so he ran pretty well there he actually I think he had two of his wins were there I think and one of them was in Hibbing but out of thirty three shows Puka nine top fives that's that's less than thirty percent of the time in the top five that's not that's not upper echelon that's not where he needs to be he's got good stuff that's not where he needs to be now a few of his shows here. 6th and 12th at the Twin 25. Respectable, not great. Respectable. 7th and 7th down at the Masters. So that's pretty, that's respectable. Yeah, that's pretty good, yeah. um, he got 5th at the Russ Larson Classic. 12th at that Ogilvy show that I was talking about where Daryl got 2nd. Um, At the Legendary 8th, 13th, 8th. So he's kind of running, you know, a little bit better than mid-pack. 7th um, over at the Fall Frenzy. 6th at the Fall Classic in Ogilvy. Really struggled over Labor Day weekend. He just did not have a good Labor Day weekend at all. Now, on Labor Day weekend, the one thing that stood out to me with him is at the prelude to the clay at the Red at uh, the ABC Raceway in Ashland, he inherited the lead. Yes, he got the lead, and then he overdrove it into one, and he smacked the wall, and I think he ended being effing in that deal, or at least fell way back. I don't exactly remember where he finished, but it wasn't very good, and he had a legitimate shot to win. So. He did have the most wins. He did get second in points at Gander Cross Speedway, but just not as much consistency in the top five as we'd like to see from the 31 car.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like I said, I think it's a solid C for him because he and and Vessel and Peterlin, you know, in 2019 they were kind of the three cars that were gonna kind of win and Hibbing every night and you know, you just thought that would kind of carry forward this year. And he was, he was, he was a step behind there all year. He just wasn't his normal, just, you know, coming to the front after about seven, eight laps.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree. Now the next guy we're going to talk about here, Puka, is a guy that also had nine top fives. The difference is he only had 11 shows, right? (laughs) So he had a third of the shows and also only two shows out of the top five. We're talking about the 24 J. Jay Kittner and quietly, he had a really good year. He got a new car from MB this year. <clears throat> the first two nights, the first night he went down to Gondik, he struggled. He kind of ran around the back, and I think I don't know what happened that first night in Hibbing, but he fell. way he finished in the back. I I, did, I looked at the results. I don't know if it was a DNF or he just if something happened there. Um, but that night cost him because he got second in points in Hibbing by only six. So that one bad night in Hibbing, that one horrible night, cost him a track championship. Now, what I see from Jay, and I'll let you uh, I'll let you start, what did you see from Jay that sticks out? And then I'll kind of weigh in on a, a couple of things that I have on him as
1: well. Well, two things stick out, and we gave him some shit on the one-to-go show about no traveling, having a great year. You know, I mean, we're talking into August. You know, looking back, we had a pretty darn good year. Didn't quite get on the road like we wanted him. So Jay, next year, get on the horse, get on the road. We like to see that. The other thing that stuck out with me is, you know, a guy I've been wa- watched a lot, you know, just like I've watched you a lot racing. him. I gosh, Jay got off the bottom of the track, passed a lot of cars. I mean, Jay was, I think in a sense it was a little bit of a breakout year for Jay. You know, Jay raised late models there in the late late 90s, early 2000s, then went back to the super, then back to the late model. And he's, you know, he's been average. He's been okay. You know, it went a race or two here in the late model. But this year you could see the program definitely stepped up. He was very competitive. Other than that first night in Hibbing, he was very competitive in Hibbing. Again, with that point average system, you know, he'd be, you know, he'd give it seven, 10 laps. All of a sudden there he is. He's in the conversation just about every night. So, you know, I, I it, it was impressive. What, like, you know, one feature win, but, you know, like I said, someone held a gun to my head. I was on the street. How many feature wins did Jay Kittner have this year? I would have said three or four, just, uh, uh, you know, because he just seemed like he was always there. But again, just a guy that just couldn't quite get up the, get out over the hump, but, like I said, an impressive year and, and, you know, a lot of top fives. And that
0: feature win was a big one. That was, was sort of classic. So there's a bunch of really good cars over at the uh, Grand Rapids Speedway and he looked good. I mean, the track had some character on that one, not <laughs> typically a Jay Kittner type of track, but he was hustling on the high side, banging that cushion. And I'm like, I was, I was downright impressed. Now, a couple of things on Jay's operation is you look at his crew, you know, they run the Hibbing Raceway, Yeah. you know? So, So they, they're not in the shop. They have less people helping them, you know, and he's got Richie, all the halls and he's working like a dog, you know, and they kind of, they had weddings and they had all kinds of stuff going on. So, you know, I think that they're, they're kind of feeling that mojo. Like they had a, they had a really good year. They may have been the fastest car in Hibbing this year. They they were really good, but you know, we'll see if, you know, they still the board, you know, they're still on the board, you know, at, at the Hibbing Raceway. We'll see how that all transpires. He just needs more help. You know, He's I've been racing him with Jay forever, and you kind of get to that point where your help just disappears. I remember seeing the 24J camp with literally, it was packed full of people, and now there's like nobody there. So that's his whole reason, but a uh, good year for the 24J. And now we're going to roll on to one of his relatives, this guy here, the Hibbing Raceway Track Champion, third in points over at the Gondek Law Speedway, the 16 and Derek Vessel. What did you see from Derek this year?
1: Uh, Good year. I would say his 2019 year was great. So I would say his 2020 year was good. Uh, Just You know and actually, he started out, I I, I don't know, you know, now his car is a Harry Hansen car. We know that. And I don't know if Harry had it for two or three years, and now, you know, Vessels had it for two or three years. So I don't know if that thing's getting a little tired, but, you know, he just – he was there, I mean, if you think about the beginning of the year, there was a great battle with Massagill Vessel and Dor down at Rice Lake when they kind of kicked things off. They had that special running up front. I did see him at Cedar Lake at the Masters, talked to him. He said, yeah, we just don't quite have, you know, he runs a, one of the crate motors. He said, yeah, Cedar Lake's just not a place for a crate motor. So, again, I would say I would say for him like a solid B. You know, last year he was running up front. You know, the specials. You think of the Red Clay Classic. You think of the Stampede and Ashland. You know, he didn't quite have those – those really great runs, especially in the specials, but you know, a couple of feature wins and like I said, a, a track championship. So definitely not a bad year. Yeah. I'm going to give you a couple
0: of stats here and then I'll ask you your grade again. So we talked about the two feature wins. He got six at the prelude to the clay, which had a stacked field there over at Ashland second on labor day. Now that second was by like that yeah. much, right? Yes. I mean, he was inside a door to win that deal on the last lap. And then he got, I think he DNF day two. He got a 5th and a 6th, which were both very solid runs at the Twin 25. So he was right there. You talked about that show earlier in the year where he battled up front with Massengill. Chad Mater was in that door, ended up winning down at Rice Lake, where he got 3rd down there. That's a heck of a run for him to travel down to Rice Lake, get 3rd. ninth at the Russ Larson Classic was okay. 10th, he got 10th over at the I-94 Speedway, a top 10 at the King of Dirt. But he went out to Jamestown. He got a fifth and a third. He won that deal last year. Or no, he got second last year, I think. Did and he yeah, he. Shill. Yeah. Yeah, shill. Yeah, Shill won it. But he got a fifth and a third. So a pair of top fives out there at Jamestown. So, you know, he was kind of there at, at all the specials. I know at Grand Rapids at the Classic, he pulled off. He says, I just, I don't have the budget. The track was a little bit rough. He's like, I'm looking to try to win Labor Day. So he pulled off trying to save yeah. his equipment on that deal very smart. You can tell dad raced for a long time, but you know, 15 top fives out of 29 shows. So we're talking over 50% in the top five. So he had a pretty good year, not as many wins as you'd think, but, but he was there. I'd say he had one of the better seasons up in uh, the Northern region here.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'd go to B plus a minus. I just, I guess last year, like I said, leading the red clay, almost hammering that down leading James out, I guess I just, you know, and I, and as a matter of fact, our picks, we did the picks for labor day. I did pick him for one of the days. Cause we just did random picks. Remember we didn't pick exactly the days. Yeah, yeah. About five <laughs> laps to go, you know, he was whatever three car lengths behind door and all of a sudden he's side by side with doors that track, you know, really got dry and, and uh, the horsepower didn't matter as much. And, and um, that was, yeah, that was an incredible, incredible finish. And one of the best finishes probably ever in a late model in uh Labor Day shootout history. So, but no, I mean, you know, I expect him to build and like I said, you know, I mean, you know, that car, like I, I said, you know more about chassis than me. I don't know what it takes for a chassis to get old, but I, I know that, that that Capital Race car has got a lot of laps on it. So, you know, is it time for something newer? Or I don't know if they keep updating those things or what, but, um, you know, definitely a respectable year for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, and it's one of those things where <clears throat> the cars do get flexed out. He's very good on equipment, though. You know, you look at somebody that's a high-side hustler, a cushion banger, they drive through the holes, that ain't Derek Vessel. Right. Derek Vessel, the drier it gets, the smoother it gets, the faster he goes, he keeps the car underneath him. he takes care of his equipment. So his stuff will probably last a little bit longer because he doesn't abuse it. Now, Harry that had it before him, he wasn't afraid to get up on the wheel. That's a little bit different story right there. But, you know, I, I think it's probably time for a new car. I don't know what their budget is. I mean, you know, let's face it. When you're spending thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 $50,000 on a roller and you make you know 50 80 grand a year or whatever it mathematically you've got to start thinking is it really worth it but right. you know i i believe that it's probably time for him to get a new chassis i would think and uh, i i heard rumors that that might be happening this year so we'll see but a great year for Derek vessel and uh one more guy we're going to talk about here and uh this is the one guy we're talking about we talked about peter and maybe not being hungry but really <clears throat> how many guys were really hungry right this guy here was hungry, hungry, right? And I'm talking about the six M of Jeffrey Massingill. What do you have? I got a lot of notes here because they ran a lot more shows than everybody else. But what stuck out to you on Jeffrey
1: Massingill's season? Yeah, I'll let you run through this desk because you did such a great job of compiling them all. But uh you know, I guess two words come to mind: big balls. I mean, this guy really. You could see this year that this guy really is committed to racing like they just like you said with you know might be a little bit the opposite with Kyle, I don't know, but he's committed, he made a lot of noise, he put a lot of miles on, you know he was racing, woo he didn't didn't matter, you know this guy is committed, of course he's he's selling race cars now to the Kryptonites, but uh yeah, so I would say in a sense he had he had a breakout year in, in a in a lot of ways, I think, uh not necessarily with wins but just. He was there. He made a splash. Like I said, we talked about the, the race in Rice Lake right away from the beginning. You know, he was there. You know, he was he was down at Cedar Lake. As a matter of fact, he he uh, timed well in the in the USA Nationals with the aluminum car and and uh, uh, came into the corner first corner in the heat. I think it was or was it the B? I can't remember. But anyway, he like lost a drive shaft, went to hit the gas, to turn the car into the wall, Bab got collected. But, you know, it might've been one of the times where he would have made that show because I remember how far up front he was. I think it was, I think it was the second day. I think it was the B. All he had to kind of do was stay where he was and he would have been in the show. So yeah, I, I think, um, so the, the one word that really comes by is committed. I mean, he, he wants to get better. He's committed to dirt track, uh, late model racing. And he really, he really showed that this year in this uh, shortened season. Yeah, so he had 45 shows on the year.
0: Now, 10 That's of incredible. them were World of Outlaw shows. We're talking about a condensed, shortened COVID right. 2020 season. 45 races, but 10 of them were World of Outlaw events, you know, yeah. from Wisconsin to North Dakota, Minnesota, everything in between. And, uh, you know, he didn't make all the shows. You know, he ran okay at a few of them, not great, but he learned, right? He went down there and he was able to learn from some of them guys. Now, if you took the wisota type slash NASCAR slash – whatever they call him down at Mississippi thunder on a 35 of those type of shows. He had 17 top fives. So just over, right, right. Just barely below 50% top five ratio, but we're talking, he raced every single special there was he went to for, them, right? So you can't, it's a little bit different sample size than, you know, nothing against some of the guys that didn't travel as much, but when you're racing against the local guys, every single night, it's a little bit, Easier, so to speak, to get top fives than it is when you're racing all the big shows. You know, it's just it's a different deal. Now, one feature win on the year, and that one there was impressive. I mean, if you're gonna get a win, that's how you get a win. He was at the <laughs> ABC Raceway at the prelude and came from 12th and drove by Jimmy Mars to get that done. Kind of shocked the world off turn number four. So that was a big, big, big win for him. But here's some more stats. So he did win. The TriStar Late Model Labor Day Weekend um, Series that we put together, he won that. So that was a championship for him there. And he got fourth at the Wasota Classic in Grand Rapids. He got a sixth on day one, third on day two of the Labor Day Shootout. In that race we were talking about at Ogilvy prior to Labor Day, he got third at that. It was a great battle up front there. He started eighth at the King of Dirt in Fergus Falls, 994 speedway, he got second. He got a fourth and a sixth at the Masters at Cedar Lake. I thought that was impressive. Seventh at the Fall Classic in Ogilvy. Jamestown wasn't very good. I mean, it was was locked down. He got sixth day one, got a flat tire on day two. But then we'll talk about the twin 25s. Twin 25s, he was one of two drivers to finish in the top five in both events. 11th to fourth in the first feature, 12th to fifth in the second feature. So he didn't just start up front and stay there. Then he went out to the sites, and, and there was nobody good at the sites, but uh, <laughs> the sarcasm, oh. that's sarcasm, right? Sarca- but uh, Where's the
1: comments? Where we told you people to comment, you already see it.
0: Uh, type type. <laughs> and at the sites out there, so he got out there earlier in the year for like a NLR, I think it was just a regular show, but he, I think mean, he started 11th, got 2nd or something like that. But at the sites, started 13th on the first night, got 4th. And then the second night, he started 23rd and got 5th. And not only did he get fifth, the bottom kind of went away. The top came in. He was inside Turnbull for the lead from last yeah. row, right. so he was there, you know, so overall, looking at his season, I'd give him a a b plus a minus you know somewhere in that neighborhood because he just doesn't have enough wins to call it an A grade. I'd probably give him a b plus I think it was a really, really solid season. None of the guys in the region really had what I would call a dominant season where they just stacked up wins. You know, like like you said, Booty had the most wins with three, you know, but uh, if you look at the overall two drivers in my mind, and we'll compile this information when we do the top 25, the ones that stick out to me would be Massingle Daryl Nelson. Daryl Nelson didn't have any win, and that's nothing against Derek Vessel and Jay Kittner because they had great years too. So that'll give us something here to talk about fans weigh in you know, out of this information here, where do you think they stack up? You know, rank them if you want. Put down, you know, what you think the order for our section would be. But overall, just looking at this, just on these guys that we discussed, anything stick out after uh, after talking about these guys?
1: Uh, actually, there's one just an honorable mention I want to I make. Mean, one guy that I thought about as we were talking here that had one win was Zach Wallers, who raced very inconsistently. And, you know, I think his equipment, as far as I know, I think is pretty old. He built it. He he took oh, he, he built took, it yeah he oh, took a couple different right. cars I and he Labrador. cut them all up and welded
0: them together and yeah, yeah. he yeah he he's a guy there that is you know he's focused on family which which is good he's doing good in life you know he's a salesman for for cars he says a car salesman you know so he's kind of his focus is there but uh, yeah he did rattle off a win he I think he had a fourth on Labor Day I think on day one he ran right up front there on Labor Day which was good but yeah like you said consistency, not so yeah, much, <laughs> right.
1: right. But yeah, yeah, that's right. It was uh, yeah. Cause I, I remember texting his dad said, has he got a Kelly Lake chassis? So yeah, because I heard he, he put the thing together. So I, you know, that night in Rapids, he, he, you know, he, it wasn't even close. I mean, he, he kind of taught me, he kind of checked out and, and like I said, he was, he was real inconsistent as far as right. I he was there one night, he wasn't there. And like I said, yeah, I mean, he's got, got little ones and all that. I've been through that. I know exactly know how that is. So I just wanted to mention him as an honorable mention, but like I said, the guy that really stuck out to me all year, was was Jeffrey Massengill? You know he was everywhere, and you know he was racing World of Outlaw stuff, and he was racing local stuff, and like I said, forty-five shows in this shortened season, being from Northern Minnesota, where we have snow until what May first. I mean, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> first, who sticks? Who sticks out for you? <laughs> yeah, you know.
0: Massengill, of course, sticks out because I, I think I like the hunger. I like the drive. I like the fact that he didn't dodge competition. He went everywhere. Not that other people dodge competition, so to speak, but he went everywhere. Daryl Nelson really stuck out. Like, man, I, I've been in his shoes. Like, I've won track championships before without winning a feature. And it's like, you know you're there but there's just that little bit of you going are you serious like what do i got to do to get over the hump so you know pretty competitive racing i'm looking for there to be a lot more of it in 2021 excited for that but you know uh, folks that's what we got here for the for the northern region we'll call it the northern region the twin ports the iron range next week we're going to discuss western wisconsin kind of eastern minnesota and we're talking about the folks that race you know, the Menominee, Cedar Lake area, Rice Lake, kind of down around that hub, maybe down the Fountain City cars. We're going to discuss that group of people. And uh, there there's some drivers there that did stack up some wins. They, they had a lot more wins down there. It was kind of crazy, but uh, overall good for this one. But join us on the show. This is Ryan. That's Puka. And uh, we'll be back at you next week. See you guys.